Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. I still got Nick Faribault with me. Alan Saunders still on vacation. We hope everybody's happen, having a happy Labor Day uh, out there. But yeah, Nick Faribault joining me. Still no Alan Saunders today. May- maybe we get Alan back tomorrow. I'm not making any promises at this point, but Nick, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, it's uh, hopefully Alan gets back still on vacation, still sipping margaritas out in New Jersey, if you will, on the beaches of the shore, um, but I am down drugging on the south side in Lanternfly land um, because the spotted lanternflies have absolutely taken over that joint. And because it was 90 degrees south today, they were everywhere, and I killed about 50 of them. <laughs> I don't know, Nick. I don't know if you said sipping on margaritas to pay homage to Jimmy Buffett, but rest in peace. Jimmy Buffett passed away over the weekend. So Alan Saunders may be drinking a margarita right now in the name of Jimmy Buffett. I'm glad you caught it because it was um, <laughs> okay good all we, right, we good. all we all we all sometimes man we all need to take a little trip to margarita okay it's, it's yes nice nice place to go you know it's chill and relaxed what you can't do is take a trip to margaritaville and then take a steelers afternoon drive so if you're here right now listening maybe make sure you're not behind the wheel of any vehicle operating anything like that um but we thank you for tuning into the episode be sure to subscribe leave us a like Hit that notification bell. Comment down below. We will get to those comments on tomorrow's episode if you leave them on this episode, just as we will get to one in particular that I want to talk about today from uh, Friday's episode, which 
Nick, you were on Friday's episode, so it's going to be good. It'll be the two of us. Um, first thing I want to talk about, though, Desmond King in town, finally. We talked about him. Spoke to the media today for the first time since becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. And, well, it sounded like, at least coming from him, he feels like he should have been a Pittsburgh Steeler long before this. It sounded like he uh, thought he was going to get drafted here. I think that was the big thing. Mm. Mike Tomlin was pretty giddy on him during the draft process. Just kind of never came around to where he ended up becoming a Steeler until now. I mean, circumstances sometimes just don't line up with things like that. But he was clearly a guy that they showed a lot of interest in in the pre-draft process. And I feel like, you know, every time he became available, everyone was like, oh, Steelers are going to be in this. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they had been, you know, when he was at the Chargers and and it felt like he was going out of there. I feel like they were probably one of those teams that was like, yeah, we could get in this, but maybe it just wasn't a perfect lock at the time. Now it kind of is. They they could use that corner depth. They could use a guy there, and he feels like he fits really well into the scheme. Um, trust me, he's watched slot corner film from the Steelers and is like thinks he can be a very Mike Hiltonish player. Uh, I think that's kind of an interesting note. You know, he was talking about how much he thinks he can do uh, with the blitzing schemes that they do here. They, he feels like he didn't blit, get blitzed enough in Houston. They didn't blitz him much at all last year. Um, under Lovey Smith, but before that, he was a guy that really came in screaming. Um, but he has a lot of great memories with Mike Tomlin. Feels like he was born to be kind of a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's kind of what he said. Now maybe that's just you know new guy talk and everything. But play into the fan base. Yeah, once. But I mean, he literally said people. during the yeah. draft process that he thought he was going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and he wanted to be. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like this one's a little bit more genuine. I, I feel like. Desmond King really kind of attached himself to Mike Tomlin and kind of had his like mind. Okay. I'm going to Pittsburgh didn't, but now he's here. So uh, I think he's going to be a guy that ends up adding a lot to this room. And and certainly I, I will say this, the more I hear the team talk, the more I think they're keeping all seven DPs though. Okay. That's interesting to note too. And you know, as we get closer to week one, I guess that's, that's still something in my mind to monitor. And again, even if we open up with seven DBs on that 53, if they need a body somewhere else early in the season or something like that, that would probably be the first position group that I look at and say, Oh, they're going to take, you know, somebody from there is going to be the one to lose their roster spot. Um, Something else of note today. And I think people that are listening or watching this are going to see a lot of this stuff's going to be like quick hitter information or stuff like that. Just quick topics to talk about. But we should probably hit on the Steelers naming their captains as well, going with four this year as opposed to five. Kenny Pickett, the most notable on the offensive side, their captain. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Miles Killebrew as uh, the special teams captain, a guy that we weren't even – well, I don't know where you were with it, but like Alan and I weren't 100% sure that he was even going to make this 53-man roster. He's now the special teams captain again. Um, but Kenny Pickett, probably the one to talk about here, um, being a team captain and just his second season, first year going in, knowing that he's the starting quarterback back nice to see that he's already taken on that much of a leadership role yeah and then i think he has been a guy that has commanded that respect and leadership from the locker room i think he's earned it um that's a c that isn't just given to him because he's the starting quarterback that's a c because he truly is the leader of the offense um it and all the other guys you kind of expected cam hayward is a, a captain for the ninth time in his career which is kind of insane i, I can't imagine that's been done really much ever before certainly for a defensive player um mm-hmm. i would I, I, I would like wonder who did that in steelers history like guys that could maybe have done it would be like mean joe green um probably come to mind um probably could have done that i'm sure big ben did um and maybe terry bradshaw too but 
I think he's in rare air there, and you can see why. He's the alpha dog. Like, the leader of the football team is Cam Hayward. Uh, he is the respected, wise man of the room. T.J. Watt, also a guy that kind of is just very respected. Miles Killebrew also very respected on that special teams unit. I know Allen was talking about how he barely got any reps at all at safety during training mm-hmm. camp. I didn't really care. He's probably their best special teamer. And when they lost Eric Watt, when they lose Robert Spillane, when they lose all those guys, you have to keep someone there. What better way to make sure you create a new nucleus by keeping the captain from last year and the guy you know brings the most? And I think that's also why Elijah Riley has a good spot on this team is because, yeah, Killer probably won't play much on defense, but Elijah Riley's kind of also your backup safety. And so we'll see. I, I just think the captains kind of make sense. Um, maybe they would have mm-hmm. done five. Um, I think the one omission, Najee Harris was a captain last year and is not a captain this no. year. I wouldn't read into it too much. Um, I certainly think people will read into it a lot and say, especially with the Jalen Warren stuff um, recently, I'm sure that people are going to be completely level-headed about that, Zach. Um, but probably it's not. It's the perfect combination, man. It's the, it, it, like, it's, it has all the ingredients for this like topic to actually get legs within the fan base and also the fantasy football community because that's where a lot of this Jalen Warren stuff comes from because of the, the efficiency numbers from last year, which I get it. And it's like I almost – I don't want it to come off like I'm talking about Jalen Warren in a negative light at all by any means when I like just factually state that you go you look at the numbers and he wasn't facing the amount of players in the box that Najee was. He was running very different situations than Najee Harris was. Like that's not knocking Jalen Warren for what he did. He still produced very well in his role. It's just the facts of the situation that he was in. And I'm excited about him being on this team. Uh, still this season and everything like that. But I don't think that we need to, you know, drop anybody to, you know, put anybody up on the no, pedestal either. And, and I'll say this, it's happened before. Um, typically the Steelers only have four captains. Typically that's how mm-hmm. it goes. Um, they have had five, they had five last year, but you know, Mitch Trubisky was a captain, but uh, I think they kind of knew potentially that he was not going to start all year. And so Najee kind of took that mantle um, but we, we've seen this before 2020 had, had five where it was Roethlisberger, Pouncey, Hayward, Watt, Dangerfield, but those are kind of elder statesmen of the room, if you will. So you give yeah. it to them, right? Pouncey had been a captain four times at that point in his career. Ben had been a captain every year since 2008 at that point in his career. Same with Cam and TJ. It's kind of, um, you know, Cam's especially TJ got his first captainship that year. Um, but like TJ wasn't a captain in 21. So I don't think anyone kind of said, oh, that's an issue that year. I think Najee is fine. And if he sticks with the Steelers, he very well could have his captainship back next year. Yeah. Um, so please don't read into it. Um, Marquise Pouncey also was captain in 2013 and then did not become a captain again until I believe 2018. So it's happened before. Right. Exactly. So uh, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to briefly bring it up. I mean, I'm, I I tweeted that I'm, who's going to be the first person to write an article about this and, you know, again, kind of coincide it with the Jalen Warren stuff and, you know, thinking that he's going to take over as RB1. Is this just more of that? You know, now he's not even a team captain after being one last year. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. I don't think there's anything to read into there. And uh, unfortunately, we 
you probably are going to see some stuff on social media about it, but uh, but not here, not on Steelers Afternoon Drive. We're not reading into it on here. We're not. Um, Doesn't mean that much. Do you think, and fans are going to love this one, Nick. I'm excited to talk about this. Do you think the fans should read into being voted the 24th least loyal per Canada sports betting? Steelers fans, 24th least loyal. You know, you know the thing about those polls and studies is, is that they're always shoddily done within their methodology, and they're always used to kind of prop up some betting website. Like that is always right. It's like, oh, betting.com. Or wait, did I say that wrong? The 24th. So like that yeah. makes them what the eighth least loyal. Yeah, eighth least I said loyal. Tw- yeah. 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 Um, but loyal. like you you always see like, oh, it's bet bet dot com or something like on there to, to drive betting to that site. Like that's what they're always used for. I mean, the methodology in this one is just related to 500 different keywords over the last three years, but that doesn't actually maintain loyalty to me just because you're not searching up Juju Smith-Schuster in 2021. And then, you know, (laughs) you're not searching up George Pickens five times a day for every kind of click. It is not something that is so crazy. And then they also isolated it by state. So they put heavy emphasis on the home state of each team. So Pennsylvania is the only kind of heavily weighed state, but a study was just done like literally in April that two thirds of the Steelers fan base in the United States is outside Pennsylvania. Like they are a huge fan base. I think they have the most out of state fans in the NFL. So I don't know how you can say the Steelers faithful is the the eighth least loyal without factoring in an equal weight the outside of Pennsylvania part of that. Either way, I think you and I have both seen Pittsburgh and been around the Steelers enough to know just how much the town runs on Steelers. Um, For better or worse, yes. Literally, a Sunday in Pittsburgh during Steelers games is literally just completely kind of cleared out for Steelers games. Everyone's going out early so they can get to the Steelers game. If they're not going out then, they're going out after. Like Everything is revolving around the Steelers game, whether it's a home game or an away game, everything. And so I think we know how how crazy it can get in Pittsburgh. So I just go by anecdotal evidence. And the fact that that methodology that we saw isn't really that good, then I'll say the Steelers fans are probably more loyal. Uh, yeah, what's so the Cincinnati Bengals number one, Cleveland Browns, oh, yeah. last. it was over the last three years, too. And you go through like the top 10, and it's just like every team that's been good <laughs> like the past three years the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, like Eagles, the Minnesota Niners, Vikings. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's it's every team that has been good recently. I wonder why their keywords are up. Ooh, it's almost like t- people are searching for good teams or something. It's Kind of wild, and really all that study proves is that when you're a good football team, fans care more, which is, I think, pretty obvious. Uh, Nick, while this Canada sports betting may not be high on Steelers fans, there is an NFC, a former NFC exec that is very, very, very high on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is almost like the same opinion. This is, now this is where Steelers fans, we get them back in. This is what they want to hear. He's got them coming out of the AFC and representing the entire conference in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. The Pittsburgh Steelers, the team no one was talking about a month ago. A former yeah, NFC exec got him in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, he. I mean, he says legitimately that they are a sleeper waiting to kind of crack out of the AFC, which I think is really something in, in terms ambitious. of what you look at, man. Like, they, they are in a star-studded division. So even just saying they're the best team in the AFC North, to me, is a bold take. To say they are going to come out of the entire AFC, that is something I think that is a little bit too lofty for me. You're you're because at that point you're predicting Kenny Pickett to literally take a Joe Burrow leap. You're expecting George Pickens to be the superstar receiver. So you're expecting everything to go bang, 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 bang. And you're basically saying they're gonna be the Bengals from two years ago. And I mean it can happen. We've seen it happen recently where those young quarterbacks take leaps, Jalen Hurts last year. Um, so Kenny Pickett could be that guy this year. I just, it could happen. I just would not be one to predict to happen. I still feel like the Steelers are still one year away from where I would even predict that if, you know, depending on how they look, I've largely looked at this year as the the last year before the big stuff comes right before you finally expect them to go far deep into the playoffs. Like, I think this year is – they're just one year away. I think they need a, a year of those young guys getting a little bit better, another year where Kenny Pickett kind of plays. I just think they're one year away from like, okay, we're ready to go to the moon. But, hey, some people think they are. Like there was a – I think there was a betting article yesterday too in uh, the Arizona Republic, if I remember correctly, where um guy had them winning the, th- the whole thing. Like that is that is crazy. Oh, they had wow. them winning the Super Bowl. Um, so it, it, the hype train is really going crazy right now in the media. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be a little bit of a, of a Debbie down. I would slow down. Oh, come on. I like the Steelers. I like what they do. I just think Super Bowl talk is too much right now. They, they have a really good team, but that is a loaded AFC, man. You can't tell me you would pick the Steelers right now over the Chiefs. I'm just, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't say you would pick them over Patrick Mahomes. Like, it's just hard to make that argument for me. And, and so I just think right now we need to wait until they, if they can start, if they come out and they start to prove, you know, Kenny Pickett shows that he's like a superstar guy. George Pickens continues to show that he's like this elite receiver. Like, if that starts to happen, then yes, we can start talking about that. But that's going to be like week eight or nine. Like, let's chill on the hype. I think the hype should go right now to, okay, they're going to be contenders in the AFC North and they're going to make the playoffs. I think that's realistic. I just don't think it's realistic to say, yeah, guys, this team is going to have everything go right for them. All this is going to hit, 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 and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I would have told you even when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl – the, when they did, if you had predicted that in the preseason, you would have been a fool because yeah. you were predicting the Jamar Chase rookie kind of storm that he had, Joe Burrow to become a great quarterback. Just everything hit for the Bengals that year. Everything outside of their offensive line, which was bad that year, everything hit for them. So mm-hmm. you are predicting a lot to go right. I just don't love predicting so much to go right when there are questions around such young teams. But, I mean, if you're going by that model where you're saying, okay, a young team's got to break out and got to be someone that comes out of conference, right? I mean, the Steelers do fit the bill. 
Yeah, it's just I'm not saying that progression is always just like, you know, step by step, gradually you see it. There certainly could be a a large, massive leap within there from year one to year two. But man, it's on the surface, when you look at the division, when you look at the conference, I'm expecting a leap. I'm not expecting that big of a leap just within one season from what we yeah. saw last year. I it's, think it's, that's, it's hard to you have to do it. Like, again, even when the Bengals hit right, that was a tough thing to kind of wrap your head around. And that team had more questions than the Steelers do right now, even then, because that defense had a lot of questions and they just ended up hitting everything on defense. But it's just tough to predict those young teams of which young team is going to have that. If you believe the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl, you have to believe Kenny Pickett is going to be a top 10 quarterback this year. I I just, I feel that way. You have to predict he is going to be the next breakout franchise quarterback. And I will say this, even if he is the next breakout franchise quarterback, they still have to run a gauntlet of an AFC. It doesn't matter if they win the division, get a first round by whatever the chiefs, the bills, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Jets, all these teams, the Dolphins, like all of these teams are in that AFC and there is no easy cakewalk. If they were in the NFC, I think that argument would actually be really more potent because there is, I think, a path for that to happen. A young team in the NFC to kind of ascend like the Eagles did last year and make it. I just think the AFC is such a tough road to get there. Even if he hits, I just think it's really going to be kind of hard to overcome that but hey if you're for bold for bold predictions i mean go for it um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame anyone for doing it because there's usually a weird thing or two that happens in the nfl each year in the playoffs if that's what you believe go for it yeah i would say if if they were in the nfc maybe they're in a spot where we're talking about a the other side of the North, the NFC North, where the Lions, who ended last season the way they did and have a ton of expectations this year, maybe that's the Steelers of the NFC right there. Um, week one, Steelers kicking off the season with the San Francisco 49ers. Still no Nick Bosa as of right now. I mean, there's been a lot of reports out there, like the expectation still is going to be that he will play. Dan Moore even said they're preparing as if he's going to play. Um, what can we like, where are you at with this though? Is this a situation where, and I'm not saying one for one comparison is the same, but if Steelers fans remember TJ Watts signed a new deal three days before we played Buffalo in 2021 showed up, had two sacks for his fumble. Now I'm not saying that's a one-to-one comparison. TJ's still around the team doing some stuff in training camp and everything like that. Where are you at with Nick Bosa? Like prediction wise, do you think he signs and what would you expect if he does play in that first game? Yeah, the T.J. Watt comparison is one that's interesting because T.J. was still conditioning every day he was there under team guidance, in team meetings, like he was doing the full thing. He just wasn't practicing, um, which I think is different than what Nick Bose is doing, training away from the team, not in team meetings, you know, basically has to jump on a moving train. Now, if he comes in two days before, he's playing. I don't care what anyone says. Um, If he signs the day before, he should play. I I think that's pretty obvious. I I think he might be on snap count, though. I think that's something to, to kind of look at where if he plays the 50% of the snaps he usually would, well, the 49ers are now 50% worse than they would have been. Like that is significant. So yeah. the clock is ticking. I don't know where this is going. We keep hearing the reports that it's not a slam dunk. It could get done. I think my read on it right now is that Nick Bosa and the 49ers are openly communicating. There's healthy communication. They're moving closer towards that deal. 
It's just what's holding it up. Is it the average per year? Is it the guarantees? It's probably the guarantees, I'm guessing. Usually that's what the holdup is with these contracts, especially ones that are going to be as big as his is um, because it has the potential to be the, quite honestly, the richest contract in defensive player history. Um, yeah. If he breaks Aaron Donald's record, he'll probably get more than TJ Watt is getting right now. He's going to break the bank. It just depends. And, and Nick Bosa can be in the Bosa family can be stubborn. Uh, this is the one thing everyone in San Francisco has told me is that that family, you know, they, they're principled enough to stick for what they want. And Nick Bosa is willing to miss probably a game or two for it. Um, I don't think he misses this game. I just, it it's so rare to see a guy hold out into a season for a contract. It just is. Now, maybe it's going to be a trend. You know, Chris Jones isn't there for the Chiefs, and it seems like he might be on that track to missing Thursday. Brian Burns. Brian Burns. You know, there are some guys this year that feel like they are potentially going to go into those waters. But I feel like Nick Bosa is the one of those three that feels the closest. It just sounds like there's communication. It sounds like there is more there that I don't think they're that far apart. Because you wouldn't yeah, what was it? The reported was like four, and this was days ago. The reported yeah. was four million or something like that, not per year. But again, I think it could be more on the guaranteed stuff than anything yeah. else. Because I'm sure, like I'm sure they could split the difference on that if if Forty Nineers guarantee more. But yeah. um, I was talking to a reporter for the Forty Nineers, um, and they were saying, you know, they're pretty stingy with these guarantees. So I think that's something to watch too. I don't know. I think this gets done. I, I don't think it gets done maybe early in the week. I think maybe it gets done you know, Thursday or Friday, and he's just on a snap count, which is significant regardless. If he's on a snap yeah. count, that is a significant development. But mm-hmm. listen, the Steelers are preparing like he's going to be out there. Um, Dan Moore Jr. said they expect him to be there. He's studying his tape. Um, so I, I also expect him to play. I just – I don't know how much he will play. Um, but I think they're close enough. If this was Chris Jones, I think Chris – I think legitimately Chris Jones is not going to play Thursday. I think that's yeah, going to happen. I agree. I, I think Nick Bosa, though, I, I think he'll play. I think they'll end up getting this done. It'll probably happen in the last hour. Um, we've seen this happen before with the Steelers, you know, where guys have signed late. Um, Cam Hayward did this, too, um, a few years ago. It happens all the time in the NFL. I, I just think that there's going to be an urgency among both sides to get this done. Because Nick Bosa's principled enough to miss a game, but I don't actually think, you know, he probably wants to. Yeah. It's just weird because, man, like this should be the time to pay guys, right? I mean, your quarterback is <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant, an undrafted seventh round pick. You're not paying him. Like, this should be the time where I would think, and I, I don't know how the 49ers are structured right now or anything like that. I'm just talking as somebody from the outside with very little perspective into how the 49ers do business. But to me, it's just like there's no way this doesn't get done. So I, I agree with you that I think it does. Not just Nick Bosa related, but let's take a look at some other matchups. And also I wanted to mention that not just Nick Bosa and his availability, but I fully expect him to play. But George Kittle's been dealing with his groin thing now for a while, it seems like. Fully expect him to be out there, but it will be interesting to see what he looks like going into this opener too. So maybe touch on that and then like some key matchups that we can look at. Because I do think like that is also one. Like him as an extra blocker, whether that's on water Highsmith is definitely something to watch. Yeah, man, that's a big one. I think you look at just how the defensive line for Pittsburgh matches up against the offensive line for the 49ers and its advantage Steelers. Like outside of legitimately Trent Williams, you know, who is obviously maybe the best tackle in football, yeah. 
Colton Mikovitz is having his first start really of significant, like, okay, I'm going to come in here and, you know, I am the right tackle. That's his, he started five games before in his career, three his rookie year, but only two of the last two years. He's facing TJ Watt. Like, I'm sure George Kittle, you know, who's questionable right now, by the way, with a groin injury, watch out for that one. If George Kittle doesn't play or whatever happens, that's a significant development too. But like, they kind of have the advantage across it. Aaron Banks in the interior against Cam Hayward to me is a massive mismatch. I like Aaron Banks as a run defender. I mean, run blocker, but Cam Hayward's a better player than him, uh, just pound for pound. So, like, Pittsburgh is a really good defensive line matchup here. I, I think that would be the most concerning matchup. I, I think there's other matchups in this game. Uh, Kittle and McCaffrey against the Steelers linebackers because they use so much of that middle of the field stuff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts are going to have to be ready to play football, man. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of their of the Steelers' three safety kind of big nickel look where they bring in uh, KZ and, and Keanu Neal at the same time just to help yep. with that, but – Regardless, East Lombard is going to have to play some really good football. Um, so I, I look at that matchup and, and say that's a big one. Um, I think the Steelers receivers are interesting in this one too because I like Shavarius Ward. Um, yep. I think so he's a great player. Yep. But who are they going to put him up against? Is it going to be against Deontay or George Pickens? I personally, if I were the 49ers, I would put him on George Pickens. And the reason I say that is because – He's a lengthier guy. He's a guy that can kind of stun Pickens at the line of scrimmage. You, if you can take away George Pickens on the deep ball, maybe you can force the Steelers to have long drives. I think that's something that they can look at, and I'm sure that they can feel better about what they're going to want to do throughout kind of the game with their pass rush, especially if Bose is playing, to be able to stall those drives. But Deontay Johnson against Ambry Thomas is like a – really tough matchup for the 49ers like that's a advantage Deontay and if they put Pickens on him that's advantage Pickens like I just feel like they have a nice mismatch there on the other side of the football too I feel like the 49ers have a great matchup with their receivers versus the Steelers corners Debo and Ayuk um, against Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson I think is definitely advantage 49ers um, I, I also think that the 49ers pass rush, depending on if Bosa is there, definitely have an advantage over Chips Core 4 and Dan Moore. Um, I think we're going to – this is like a big test for the Steelers' offensive line. We're going to find out how good this offensive line is. I think it's a, a league average offensive line, but is it just league average or is this a really good offensive line? Like I, I wouldn't panic if they have a, a tough game because I think this has a chance to be the best pass rush in the entire league with – Jay Wobble and Eric Armstead and Cleveland Farrell and all of these guys you have, you know, Javon Kinlaw. Um, it's just a great unit that's deep, man. But if this group shows up on Sunday and they are able to slow down this 49ers pass rush, especially if it's with Nick Bosa, stock up, man. Like, stock up huge if that happens. And Chooks and, and Dan Moore are going to be the ones to me that have the biggest tests. Now, Hargrave and, and Armstead against Daniels, Cole, and Sayamalo, I feel like you feel better about those matchups because the Steelers just have pretty good strength on the interior, but big game for Dan Moore, I think particularly. I don't know how you I don't know how you can come out of the game. Let's say Dan Moore is able to face Nick Bosa and largely neutralizes him. I don't know how mm-hmm. you can't say that guy hasn't taken the leap at that point. It's it's time for Dan Moore to prove the leap is real. 
I don't need him to shut down Bosa all game. I just want to see him compete and look like he belongs. Because before when he's faced top pass rushers, he hasn't looked like he's belonged. This is a huge game for the Steelers offensive line. Yeah, I would agree. And and you obviously hit on so much there that I the ones that I was looking at was the uh 49ers defensive front against our offensive line, specifically the interior two, where I think the Steelers' strength is. Um, if those guys can hold up the way that we think that they're going to, that would obviously be a good sign for this game and going forward. <clears throat> and also on uh the 49ers defense, yeah, you mentioned Ward. Like I'm curious what they're gonna do with him. Clearly their best corner. Um, and I just don't know, does he, does he shadow one of those two guys or does he like just stay on his side of the field and whichever receiver happens to be there, that's who he's going to cut. It'll be interesting to see how they deploy those guys. So, yeah. um, Nick, let's get into some Twitter questions now that we got here. Some of them are, are, like I said, a lot of quick hitter stuff. The one's kind of funny. Do we think that we will see a non-quarterback for the Steelers throw a pass this season? Obviously, last year we saw a Chase Claypool touchdown throw to Derek Watt in Philly. Um, I will say, I'll start out here. I'm going to be very disappointed if we don't see a Connor Hayward pass at some point this season. Yeah, we saw that in training camp. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's going to happen at some point. That double reverse that they do. Uh, same play with Claypool, just with Connor Hayward. Um, I imagine we will see it at some point. I have to imagine we will. Uh, outside of that, I'm not sure who else would be a guy that would throw the football. I don't know, maybe maybe Deontay? I don't know. If you get him on jet sweeps, um, maybe you get like a jump pass from like Najee or something out of like a wildcat mm. down near the goal line or something. Maybe they get nifty there. I don't know. I, I think good chance you probably do, and I would bet it's Connor Hayward. That's the thing. I, that's why I say Connor Hayward. I don't know who else it would be like. Okay. If... I have an idea. Okay. Jet sweep to Darnell Washington, and he throws it. <laughs> oh well, it's funny because I was going to say if Zad Gentry was still on the roster, you know, potentially him. But, yeah, right now it's it's hard to see anybody besides Connor Hayward, although Washington would be so much fun. I don't oh. even care if it works. I just want to see it take place. I want to see it too. Tack tackle eligible Broderick Jones or something. I'm just cooking up absolutely terrible <laughs> things right now. But I, I I think I think Connor Hayward's the the most likely one. We'll see. Yeah. Um. Who do we think will be wearing the green dot come week one? Cole Holcomb. I, I feel pretty confident about that. Um, reason why is I think Holcomb's your three down guy. Um, now I guess it depends on how much dime they play. I think that's kind of a differentiating factor because you can attack the 49ers a lot of different ways. If they trust their front to hold up, maybe you play a lot more dime or big nickel, in which case Quan Alexander plays a lot more. So maybe Quan has the green dot or, or Minka has the green dot or something. But for the season, I will say, I think it's going to be Cole Holcomb. He's just going to be your three down linebacker. That's going to play the most play in your nickel, which is your base playing your Oki front. So I think it'll be Cole Holcomb for the most part. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And a three year deal given to him. Like, obviously if there's somebody within that inside linebacker room that they brought in this past off season between him and Landon Roberts and Quan Alexander, he probably is the one they're hoping is a longer term solution at the position. So it makes sense uh, from that perspective as well. Get him, as the communicator um and then the last one here from brandon what kind of leap does kenny have to take for you to be like yeah i think he is the franchise guy well that nfc exec said it go win the super bowl or go to the super bowl no i'm kidding um it's funny because we talked about this last episode so it's almost like this is a nice continuation of that conversation 
you know what? I'll let you answer first because I have in my mind, I don't know if this is from like a statistical perspective or just like what he looks like on tape, but I'll let you go first. Cause I'm, I got an answer here, but yeah, I, I'll say this. I, I think that when you look at guys that have broken out before, and I've talked about this before where I think he should be aiming for about 305,000 yards, um, 24, over 22 touchdowns, somewhere around there. Like 20, like triple his amount from last year. Got 21, 22, 23 touchdown passes. Keep the keep the interceptions below like 12. Um, I think that's about right. Maybe add another four or five rushing touchdowns because he had four last year. So if you put that in together and it's about 3,500 yards passing, about 30 total touchdowns, somewhere around there. The interceptions aren't too bad. I think that's about right. And then the tape obviously has to back it up too. He's got to be a guy that's doing that while pushing the ball down the football field. So I want to see him be able to make tight window throws, make big time throws, um, make anticipatory throws, stay in the pocket, be able to make those plays while still dazzling outside the pocket. I just want to see necessary growth in, in quarterback play from where we saw it a year ago where he couldn't do a ton in structure. He, his processing was a little bit crazy. His pocket movement was a little bit shoddy. I just want to see growth in that area, and I think the stats can back that up. Man, they have the weapons to where he can put up those numbers. Um, I remember someone told me, oh, he needs to have Trevor Lawrence numbers. It, it, Trevor Lawrence had an unbelievable year last year by the stats mm-hmm. they had like eight eight interceptions and 4500 yards or something like that 27 touchdowns i think um i would not put kenny as having that crazy of a year but i think making those progressions showcasing he can push the ball down the field um make plays and, and showcase they can win because of him not despite him um i think that's a big thing too you know you want to win because of your quarterback you don't want to win in spite of your quarterback um, there are plenty of teams in the NFL that win in spite of their quarterbacks because they're so talented around him. Uh, you, you talk about where teams, you know, look at their quarterback situation and, and decide they have a great team but need to upgrade. You know, uh, that's what happened to Alex Smith, right, in Kansas City where Mahomes came in. Um, that's kind of what happens sometimes. But I, I think you need to see Kenny Pickett be able to take those leaps, and I think that'll be told through the numbers and then somehow also be told through the tape. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned about the stuff in structure because that's kind of where like my mind was at was I think the reason that we had so much hope for a year to leap in Pittsburgh, even before the last month where like we've talked about the hype train has just gotten crazy was because of what he looked like down the stretch in these football games down the stretch of the season, you know, like the last four minutes of games looking like a completely different quarterback than every minute previous where he was playing. Um Within the structure of the play, within the pocket, his footwork needs to be better. I think pushing the ball down the field. I think that the flashes that we saw last year that gave us hope that there was more within there and need to show throughout the first 55 minutes of the game as well, not just the last few minutes of the game. And that's that's what I need to see to be sold that he's a franchise guy. Obviously, I love him. But anybody that's like already saying that they're sold that he's the franchise guy, I think is is more on the hope train than anything else right now. Yeah, I think you can't say that you are absolutely full in. Yes, he's the guy. I think there are signs to point to where he could be the guy. But mm-hmm. let's not overreact to a preseason of 15 passes. I think it's encouraging. I think definitely there are things that look great from it. And I thought his crane camp was also really good, but I, I have to see it translate to regular season, meaningful games. I, I just do. And, and so 
let's see what he looks like now. This, again, this is going to be a great test for him too because, you know, okay, let's say Dan Moore doesn't prove to be the real guy, right? And Nick Bosa's on his face basically every play, and, and there's guys in under pressure like, all right, let's see what he does under pressure. Does he panic and start running out of the pocket and get back to those bad tendencies, or does he s- still have good pocket movement and make NFL – kind of plays from that. I think that's going to be a big thing to look at. So this 49ers game is like the ideal barometer for me in terms of saying, all right, let's see how real that preseason really was. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent agree. And I think that they even, he's touched on that. I think internally they're thinking like that. This is a good benchmark of where we are right now. Um, Obviously the preseason has a ton of people going crazy on the hype train right now. They might not be buying into that, but let's see if they can live up to what that hype has been through the preseason now. So I think this is a great uh, litmus test for this team for week one, and it doesn't get any better than that. Um, anything else, Nick? No, I don't have um, much to say outside of that. It's game week, so there's plenty of buzz kind of around the team, and we'll see what develops. A lot of things can happen this week that I think are interesting to watch. Bosa. Um, just a lot of good matchups in this game, man. Like two deep rosters that I think really will go tit for tat with one another. I'm really excited for this game because I think it's gonna it's gonna tell you a lot about the Steelers this year. It's gonna tell you how real they are. They can come out and play an absolute clunker and still win nine games, but it's not gonna be like the same thing, right? If they come out win, look good. Um, and, and I'm not talking about like a a Bengals win last year where the defense played unreal, but quite honestly, the offense looked like terrible in that game and for a large part of it. I want to see because this is a game that's going to be physical. Um, both teams are going to want to run the football no matter what, even if both teams have great D-lines and their O-lines might be a little overmatched. It's both their identities, right? The Shanahan scheme works off outside zone stuff. Canada obviously wants to run the football. So I'm going to see who is a team that has better, who has the better will, who can wear them down. Um, Very similar to how I was viewing that Florida State LSU game yesterday, where those were two teams that wanted to go boom, boom, boom. And the reason Florida State pulled away is because they just buried LSU in the dirt and took their will. Like, I want to see this Steelers team, how much will do you have in this type of environment? Because they're going to all need ice baths after this game. But how do you rise up to that challenge? And if the Steelers are the team that ends up in the fourth quarter starting to just run the football down their throats and starting to like – like this is the ideal scenario if you're talking about this team is for real. If they start to really kick the behinds of the 49ers up front, I think that's when you could say, oh boy, this can be translatable against – anybody because that d-line's legit regardless of mm-hmm. who they are yeah it's gonna set the tone for the entire season also want to mention florida state also did that because they have a guy named keon coleman who's awesome yeah so. great receiver <laughs> no doubt but man their offensive line defensive line yes yeah obliterate yeah. i just i had to, i had to give keon coleman a shout out Good player. I'm glad that he's yeah, his uh quarterback I'm play not so right great now. Right here. I'm calling my shot right now. He's gonna be a top fifteen draft pick. He's so good, man. He's so good. Yeah. That would be so if he was in the twenty twenty three class, he's wide receiver one. He's pretty close to it if he's not. I, I think he I think he probably would have been, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, this isn't a Florida State podcast, but there you go. There's your daily dose of Keon Coleman talk on Steelers Afternoon Drive. Nick, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, guys, you can find me on Twitter at FB. You can obviously check out SteelersNow.com. Subscribe to the channel as well. I think Alan Saunders will be back tomorrow. And <laughs> I think with Tom yeah. on Tuesday, the first Tom on Tuesday, good afternoon um, tomorrow, I think. So, Smitty, I think you'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow. I hope so. I hope so. Um, but, yeah, Nick, thanks for joining me again. Like Nick said, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a like. Hit that notification bell. Comment down below so Alan and I can uh, – well, hopefully Alan and I can talk about some stuff tomorrow that you guys want us to talk about as well as whatever headlines come our way uh, just naturally. Uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. Thanks for tapping in with us again and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Bye-bye. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.